Now it's now it's your chance that you can come up with a better intro. Well, I still reckon we do welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> Sorry about Anthony. He he Go can't he can't uh he can't argue the point at the moment, so he can't have his say when he's when he's what is he 20,000 feet up or whatever it is. Yep. On his way to Europe for a hot boy summer. Um Joining the Mile High Club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can't wait for him to listen back to this. Um, welcome, anyway. everyone, to – I can't even remember what episode it is. It's been that long, but to the Austrian Grand Prix review. Joey, what a weekend of racing, mate. How good was it? Mate, this has been a fill to the brim weekend. Uh, and not just of racing, but of really good racing. I think qualifying was really good. The sprint race was very entertaining. The race itself was quite entertaining. Um, we had a few Aussies abroad, we'll touch on at the end, in participating in a few other events as well. But like from my end, there was not, there was. Like when, when Formula One gets a bad name, I, I sort of, you know, you need weekends like this and even weekends like Canada, which we didn't speak about um, a race ago where, you know, the what is great about the category is on display. And, um, you know, like if, if, you, if you miss it, then you're sort of missing out on some of the better races of the year, which I think the, these last two have definitely been. Um, and I'm not really a fan of the sprint format, but I thought, like this weekend in particular, I like how the sort of, I think the new sprint format in terms of the qualifying for the event itself lends well to it. And um, I think like from what we saw, like as a track, it does facilitate a lot of overtakes and I wasn't disappointed. Yeah. Like I think during COVID I had a bit of fatigue when it came to this track and formula one, cause we raced there so much. Yeah. But this weekend I was just like, you know what? I love this track. It, it it gives good racing every time, like turn three, turn four, like coming around the bend, turn five, six. It's it's just the track limit jeopardy. Like every year we have the same issue. I just don't know yeah. why why the drivers can't figure it out. I mean, but that, that was such a good qualifying session as well. We had drivers' lap times getting, you know, constantly erased. Yep. Um, and like you said, it did throw a lot of jeopardy. And I think a lot of people after the race were saying that the sort of track limits fiasco was a bit of a joke. And I was like, no, like it's good. Track limits are there for a reason. We should put them on, mm. you know, we should use, use every track limit sort of like how we we're using it yesterday. Throw a bit of jeopardy in there. And then you have drivers like Norris who drove a beautiful clean race and you get rewarded at the end for, you know, mm. not running over the lines. I thought, all in all, that like that, that is sort of what we've been wanting from Formula One in terms of, in terms of track limits. And I think yeah. all the tracks that we go to that have these massive, you know, sort of runoff aprons, these the way that these limits are being used should be replicated at all those tracks as well. Because you know, you 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 have to risk if you want to risk it. You sort of have to take the punishment if you you know slip too many times, and that's that's how it goes. I was 
like obviously we were talking about it in the chat last night, how good the race was. And I was thinking about like Canada was better. And I've been thinking about, you know, the start of the season, we've been, I've been struggling a little bit to engage in, in the season. Like I still, I've watched every race, I've watched every quality, but I haven't been that into it. And I don't know, let me know, let me know what you think. I wanted to throw this at you. Is it because we're finally going to traditional tracks or tracks that, um, you know, have been on the calendar for years and years and years instead of being just on, you know, your street circuits like Baku and Jeddah and all that? Or is it all the teams are finally bringing upgrades where we're seeing some better racing, closer racing, um, and does it constitute for better racing for the rest of the season? What do you think? I think that is definitely the case, and I wrote that as a point, and I was happy that you sort of brought us there. Um, I think the start of the year is always sort of a feeling out period. And like Anthony says, this season is so long um, that sort of the first couple, like we're not even halfway through the season yet. So the first couple of races are very much, a, you know, sort of working out what we have and what we need. And now we're seeing updates sort of coming in. We've seen um, like, well, pretty much that race there, we you could see the, the old McLaren compared to the new mm. McLaren where, where Piastri was, probably second last I think it was and Norris was best of was what fourth by the end of it so you saw you, you see how big of an upgrade package that is just from one team and Piastri will get that package next week at Silverstone um, on like a smaller level you've seen we've seen Williams have uh, upgrade package come last last race at um, I think it was actually at Monaco their one came um, and then Sargent got his upgrade package this week and he had his best race of the year mm-hmm. um, and, and actually outraced a few cars as well, uh, as well as Albon finishing in 11th after a great seventh position finish he had the week before as well. Uh, so, and then we saw Mercedes bring that upgrade package at Monaco as well. So we, there are all the teams are sort of, doesn't matter how big or small, the upgrade packages are that whole midfield has sort of been, if if not flipped on its head, it's definitely been compressed. Mm. Um, and I think one thing that can't be taken for granted now is that, like, you look at a team like Haas, who has a pretty good qualifying car, but in terms of in race trim, it, it's it's really lacking. Um, and then you look at Alpha Tari; they seem to be the the last team to really. Um, or they just seem haven't been able to get on top of that car really at all. I don't know if I like I'm at the stage where I don't know if it's sort of a um, they're not really they're they're sort of maybe not throwing too much at it now with the news that they're relocating and rebranding next year as well. Mm. Um, maybe even changing driver. We heard Helmut Marco saying this week that he had pushed very hard for DeVries and he it looks like. Um, corner is going to be proved right because they don't really they don't really make a lot of decisions where they're both not for it. And apparently Horner wasn't for the DeVries signing. Um, but like in terms of like you look at McLaren, massive step up if Piastri can sort of uh well when he gets that upgrade, if he can be pushing for those top tens as well, that's gonna sort of cause mm. a bit of chaos with the I think especially between the Aston's, the Mercedes and the Alpines in terms of that bottom of the top four, uh, bottom of the top 10 
uh, points for each race. Um, and then I think, I think Williams has really taken a jump above the Alpha Tauris and the uh, Alpha Romeos. Yep. Uh, and Haas. And Haas, like it's, I don't think they're ahead of Haas yet in points. Oh, actually, no, I, I think they I don't think they're ahead of uh, uh, Alfa Romeo yet in points. They're ahead of Haas, but I think without upgrades, it looks like over the season they'll probably jump them mm. as well. Um, but I just think all those these little things have just made the the racing in every you know we've got a front. Well, we've got we've got Max at the front. He's gone, but then we've got a sort of a, a best of the rest chase. Uh, we've sort of got a sort of a between eighth and thirteenth race as well. And there's always a back end race. And if Checo keeps giving us these amazing qualifying performances, <laughs> him racing through the field as well is, is spicing it up a bit um, as well. Uh, but yeah, I, I I I prefer these tracks as well. Like I I, mm. I think there's something to it when you're going to you know, Sergio's Villeneuve's or when you're going to Red Bull ring and now we're going to Silverstone next year. Like for me oh. that I, I get excited for those tracks. Yep. Spa but, after that. Yeah. So we were hitting a, a stage of tracks where I don't, I don't really care about the racing either. To be honest, I just want to watch them on the track. Mm. Um, whereas probably a, a few of the other tracks I want, I want good racing because I don't have any connection to the track. So maybe mm. that could be right. But I think that, with these upgrade packages, it's just made the racing more compelling as well. I was saying, um, watching it last night, there was action throughout the whole field. Um, and it wasn't just like, you know, the start phase, it was the whole race. Like there was something happening from Leclerc all the way back. Like obviously Max is on a different planet at the moment. Obviously he got the win. Um, even that far ahead that he was able to pit on lap 70 to get the fastest lap on 71, like he had that much of a gap from Leclerc. But I wanted to talk about a few of the drivers. Mm-hmm. Um, Just quickly, I think as well, one thing mm. before we leave we leave that point, like we've been saying all year, all the races that have two stop, uh, need to, you need to do a two stop. Two oh, stop. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's really the secret sauce because it does throw a lot of jeopardy and, then you, and you do have to sort of time those, it's, it's very imperative to time two pit stops correctly, not just one. Um, so I don't think it's rocket science that if Pirelli are out there listening to someone, please just give us quicker dig tires. I mean, that's, that's really, I think half that, I think that is really half the problem or mm. half the solution. Um, well, but yeah, if you want to talk about some drivers, who do you want to discuss? Well, I wanted to start with Ferrari. Obviously, a much better weekend for both. Um, that caused science, the gap on Mercedes massively. Science was better in the sprint race, much better. Leclerc's qualifying lap on Friday, I don't know if you saw that lap, but he was on, on the limit. It was probably one of the best laps I've seen. It was awesome. Um, but he just he just goes through these things like on Saturday in the sprint race, he just couldn't keep the car together. But then science cops a penalty yesterday. Like they just, I'm finding them usually the team's inconsistent, but I'm finding the drivers at the moment are so hot and cold, even over the same weekend. What do you think? I think 
I think, and we made this this, this point last year with I think Danny Rick. I think when a driver is doesn't feel the confidence from the car, they can definitely struggle just in believing sort of the capabilities of the car. Mm. From what I've heard about the new and what we've probably seen as well from this new upgrade that they've give that they've put on the car, it is giving them a lot more uh, rear stability. And if you think about the kinds of corners that uh, Red Bull Ring has. You would like for them to to be on the limit. Uh, it would have caused them a lot of problems with the old car. I'd I'd guess we'd seen it, we'd seen them lose lose it so much um, through the sort of longer, faster corners. Um, so probably that in itself is a is definitely a a plus. But even at the start of the race, I thought Science looked a lot racier than Charles, to be mm. honest as well. But I think it was probably even him kept keeping uh, Checo at bay. For yep. so long that probably gave the second place to um, to Charles. I I have developed such a soft spot for um for che- um not for Checo for uh, Carlos. Carlos because I just when I see him racing I'm just like he just wants it so bad mm. and and he he makes it hard for everyone like he's he's pushing as you can tell he's pushing as hard as he can he's defending as hard as he can um, and no matter how sort of what deficits the car has, I think that's really what you want from a driver. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Charles just needs some confidence. He seems like a much more sort of needs to sort of get into a rhythm, get into a flow, needs to be feeling good about himself kind of driver. I think this uh, event would have given him a, a big boost in confidence. Um, and then coming to Silverstone next weekend, I think – if they can sort of get another well, three, four minimum, um, it will put their season sort of real, really back on track, get them mm. second, second place in the um, constructors. And if they can, if they can achieve that, I think all the worries of the start of the season will be probably eradicated. And I think this upgrade has probably given them some of the tools to do that. Mm. But I'm interested to see how the this the Mercedes is apparently bringing a new update to Silverstone as well, which is their home race. So I wouldn't yeah. expect them to sort of go down, you know, wondering how it happened. I think they're going to keep just throwing punches. So it will be interesting. But Ferrari, yeah. I thought they've really, they, I think they've turned somewhat of a corner. Yeah, I hope so. And I hope maybe... Um, Frederick Vasseur is just starting to put his stamp on the team too because we're seeing a little bit less, a few less mistakes in terms of strategy. So, you know, fingers crossed because ne- I think having Ferrari competitive is good for the sport. Um, it's good for the sport. I just don't have any, I just have no compassion <laughs> for the fans. No. I'm, en- I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying their, their pain so much. It's not funny. <laughs> I-, I like Charles, so I don't mind. But um the, I guess the elephant in the room for me, Checo, how, and this was the first weekend that I saw Christian Horner coming out saying things like, it's not hard to stay between the lines, just, you know, whatever he said, I can't remember the exact quote. And he said it over a couple of days. Yeah. Um, and that, oh, the next day after quality, when he got knocked out of Q1 or Q2, whatever it was, and the reporter asked him, because um, he was ill on the Thursday, 
is that why he wasn't able to progress? And he said, well, he wasn't 11 millimeters ill. So, yeah. you know, little comments like that from Horner, we know what he's like. How long do you think they give him if he continues along this trajectory? If they win the constructors and he comes second comfortably this year, which I think he is, I don't, I don't see a reason to move him. Like, and, and that's just me saying it. Like, I don't see a reason to make change if for change's sake, I suppose. Um, what I think is interesting though is they've got Checo in their stable. They've got Max in their stable. Max has been saying things that make me think he will be the first one to leave that team. Um, and, and that's where I think their contingency plan might be a little bit off kilter because I don't think they're expecting that, but I'm hearing Max say things that are like, I don't want to be here. I don't, I'm not interested in winning seven or eight in a row at the moment. It's like, at the moment, it's a bit boring. I want to go do a few, I want to go do other, uh, endurance events, um, we know he loves his sim racing and his GT racing and his uh, high, uh, prototype racing. He's got his own team now in, in uh, his sponsoring. He's got like a team sponsorship affiliation going on with one of the Ferraris in GT World Challenge. Um, and I'm not saying it's going to be this year or next year, but I could say so if he wins this year, what's that? Three-time world champion? Yeah. He wins next year, it's four times world champion. That would be when I'd be when I would probably expect something like that to to happen. Um, so I, I don't I, I don't know I don't I I think Checo's fine as long as he, like it, it, the, it is all in his hands and I think he knows that and I think the team knows that. But the car is so good that no one's going to remember. I don't think by the time the season finishes, if if they get a if he gets a comfortable second and they've got a comfortable team's championship. I don't think anyone will sort of remember the bad qualifyings because, you know, the job is done. I think where, where Red Bull have had problems is when they've had these bad qualifiers who then can't race through the race, but this car is just on rails. So it sort of gives him a back, back out. He was lucky this weekend. He's pulled out a 17-point gap on Alonso in, in third because Alonso didn't yeah. have a very good weekend. But Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. He's in a rocket ship and he's getting knocked out in Q2. Like he hasn't made Q3 in four weekends in a row. I mean, it, it, it is, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it is very surprising. Mm. And, they're, and they're all stupid mistakes. Like even this one, he got what, three flying laps eradicated. It's like, dude, do a banker. Mm. You play PlayStation, you do a banker. It's like, it's, it's not hard. Your car is so quick. Just, you, you, can't, you can't beat a Williams. And a Haas and a Aston, or not an Aston, an Alpha. It's like I was surprised with that, but like I said, the car is such a great leveler, and the track for them has got um, probably three of the best um, DRS zones for that car as well. It looks easy, so I think for him, it's gonna. He does have to find a bit of form, but I think it's all in his hands. Like, like he knows deep down that he can start at the back. And unless he doesn't screw up, he can race to the front. So maybe he's just trying to make keep it interesting for himself. He doesn't want to be like Max and lead from the front. Yeah. 
I don't know. You, I'm just who, hearing things who, from. Who do you who do you put in there? Like Danny Rick? <laughs> yeah. Look, mate. I don't know. Like I know. I'm, I'm Christian Horn has come out and said that his performance on the sim is on par with Checo's, but I don't know if they will take the plunge. Like I'm hearing that he'll be in the Alpha Tauri next year. Danny um, Rick. Yeah, and yeah, the okay. Al- the Alpha Tauri helmet marker came out this week and said that team is no longer designing their own car. They're going to be using the Red Bull from the previous year. Like it's just they need them to be more competitive. So, you know, if Danny Rick's in that car next year and he's, you know, comfortably in the top 10 every week, like I think that's a good place for him to end up. But, yeah, I, I don't know who you would put in that Red Bull seat, but um, unless they go out and sign someone like Lando as a, you know, plan moving forward. Lando signed a bad, signed a bad contract, mate. He's stuck. Yeah, unless they want to pay a lot of money. Yeah, that uh, yeah. But um I guess That's the, the thing that the thing is really their golden goose is Max. Mm. And whoever they sign to fill the seat is still playing second fiddle to Max. Oh, 100%. So they're not they're not like until someone comes on the market, they're not going I can't see them going and, and and breaking the bank especially if these new salary cap rules, they're not going to go waste Money to bring someone in who bring someone in who can keep it closer, but still like in essence do the same job. Like and that and that's I think where unless they see some severe decline, which they which they then foresee is going to mm. carry on into the next year when everyone's more competitive. You know, mm, hypothetically, yeah, yeah. I think only then will they sort of be forced to make the move, but keeping the status quo is, which is what he does is, is the best thing if you're in a team like Red Bull. Well, I am praying for Danny Rick, but who knows? The other one I wanted to touch on who's been outstanding this year and I reckon Red Bull regret it is Albon. Yeah. I, I think, I think, him now being a Williams driver is probably a massive regret from them. Mm. It wouldn't have cost so much to keep him on the books. Um, and he's, he's, he's more than just showing like, he's showing like proper leadership now. Like he's showing, he's really taking the ball by the horns. He's in a leadership role. He's delivering the results. Mm. He's got two points finishes. Now I think, I think last week's race in Canada was like one of the better, one of the better Williams drives I've seen in a long time. And it was a hard. It was hard because he was blocking for a long time. And yeah, that mm. car has got that car is good. You know, on a track like Canada, with sort of how the layout works, and even um, probably not as much yesterday. But even yesterday, getting eleventh place doesn't bring any points. But it does show that yes, he's he's sort of making small statements. Getting through to Q three now is is mm. becoming a common thing. At least getting into Q three is nearly a, a Q two is nearly a given with him. Um. I don't think that there's much really b- bad to say about him. And he just doesn't, he just, he's always got a smile, doesn't look stressed. Um, looks like he's got a bit of mongrel in him, a bit of killer mm-hmm. in him, which is what a team I think like Williams needs. Uh, they can't really sort of play that nice guy role. They're, they're probably still probably got one of the worst cars, but these, there's little things with him and even with uh, James Vowles. Oh. That are just they're just sort of like little one percenters, but you got to you know when when you when you want to start building a better organization, you got to start with the one percenters. Um, 
And if you build that base, then hopefully in a couple of years, you know, we might have a, you know, a bit of a little bit of a, a uptick, but the fact that he is now Williams driver and probably hopefully we can put our arm around him and keep him for a bit of time. And I think the fact that the car is moving in the right direction as well under his stewardship should help us with that. But um, yeah, I mean, imagine if, um, imagine Red Bull now going, we could have plugged him into a car <laughs> instead of DeVries. And I was one of, I wanted DeVries to get a chance, but I just don't think it's worked. And even Yuki was on a pretty good tick, but he's, they're just not scoring enough points for that team. So, I mean, I've, I bought his hat. I bought the Alex Albon hat, mate. I'm, I'm sold. Yeah. Look, when he was at Red Bull, you could tell Max being your teammate was, would have bit was tough for him. It was tough um, for everyone, not just him. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, but I think the move out of the Red Bull stable for him has been good. Um, James Vowles, I was listening to an interview the other day, was saying he's not say like what you've just said, like leadership. He's his driving is of championship standard. Like obviously not in the points, not winning races, but just the way he's controlling the you know the car, controlling his position, not letting people overtake him. He's he's a championship caliber driver, and yeah, I bet Red Bull are kicking themselves because. Obviously, DeVries hasn't worked out. If you think about how we were thinking about Williams with George Russell's mm. sort of performances towards the end of his career there, Albon has probably still done more than what George was doing. And that's saying a lot. Um, so much so that I sort of forget that we had George there for a bit. But the fact that he's a Williams driver... It, it it is it makes me feel so that we've put we've locked him to our like he's he's there on our terms and he probably feels a bit of loyalty as well mm-hmm. because they sort of threw him that lifeline, um, which goes a long way. Uh, yeah, what's, like what's the next step for Williams? Getting Logan a more competitive. Sucks. Yeah, I was gonna say getting a more competitive second driver. I don't think if it is getting a more competitive second driver, I want to see him in this new update. I thought this weekend he looked, he didn't look much. He came 13th, didn't look far off Albon. Um, you know, this is sort of the, the he's had half a seat. I, I always say you have to give him two seasons. And this at first, I think, especially his trajectory through GP2 as well, he wasn't there for very long. Um, he needs time. Uh, but I think from what I've seen, he's much better. He's much better than Latifi oh, yeah. already, already. So I, I'm, I think he just needs some time. I'd rather not rush him and sort of see what he has. And if Albon can carry the team and if, if Albon single-handedly can get us to eighth in the championship, there's going to be no, there'll be no pressure on, on, uh, on Sergeant. Uh, to to really sort of perform, and if he can s- sprinkle a few points in there as well, I think for, I think for Williams, what they have to look at is Sergeant needs to get better in qualifying. That that yeah. is that is um, imperative. But having said that, this was his best qualifying, I think, as well. I think he came. I think he qualified seventeenth this week, um, and his his 
his gap to Albon, even in Q1, his, his, I've noticed dropped significantly as well. So I think it's more for them just to learn it. Like the whole team is new. They've got a new team principal, got oh. a new driver, um, the old fella, what's his name? Uh, Yost Capito has left. Um, so I think Sargent coming in at, he's coming at the, at the right time. It's, and it's, you can't sort of fake it. Maybe build a, build a stronger partnership with Mercedes somehow. Copy, copy a few bits of Red Bull car wouldn't help, wouldn't go to, you know, wouldn't hurt either. Um, but as a fan who's been in pain for many years, I, it, it's, it's been like a, like a little uh, pickup bump of Coke this year. It's just been like yeah. just a, just a, you know, a little bit of something just to go, oh, you know, there are worse progress. things. Yeah, we're making, you know, baby steps. I'm, um, I, I am excited for Williams. I think having having them as the back marker for so many years and just having a back marker in general sucks. Um, you know, you want everyone to be competitive across the grid, especially because there are only 20 cars. Yeah. Um, but my concern at the moment is obviously we've spoken about AlphaTauri. Um, it's Alfa Romeo. They seem to be really far off the pace. Like Bottas and Joe just floundering around in the bottom bottom half of the grid every week. Car doesn't seem to have much much to it in terms of um, pace. Like it's just it's hard to watch because you know Bottas is quicker than what he's showing. Um, yeah, I just don't know where that team. I know they got Audi coming in, but it's not looking good for the next couple of years. I think that's what happens when a team sort of gets involved of taking over another team so far in advanced. There's sort of really no, there's no imperative to develop if you're wasting your money. Mm. And I, I heard, what I heard this week was this is sort of the first time where Formula One has sort of been a money-making sort of operation. So you can imagine that. Sauber as a team are probably making pretty good money, and, and mm. if they can cut the, if they can cut down their expenditure, it's just money on top. I think that was because they were talking about the, you know, how Ryan Reynolds and his mate bought into uh, into Alpine, Alpine, and they were saying this is the first time where F one has been a buyer's buyer's market. Um, like I think I just think there's there isn't an imperative to like you're going to spend a lot of money to go move up one spot in the championship, you know, it's, you're not going to, you're going to spend more than what you're going to lose, what you're going to make in the end of year. Um, oh. You know, when the purse is divided and like, if you're not in there for the long run, I just like, if you're a team like Williams, if you're a team like Haas, AlphaTauri, I feel like there's more of an up gain, but what is it? There's one more year of Sauber next year. Uh, well, I know Alfa Romeo is pulling out. Yeah. Um. At the end of this year, but yeah, I think Sauber is they, in control until the end of twenty twenty five, aren't they? Is it twenty twenty five? I thought. So there's a Audi couple. Came, there could be. There could be a couple. Yeah, probably twenty twenty five. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I they've never been very good at bringing mid season updates either. Their car mm-hmm. usually starts the season and it usually ends very close to that. Um. I don't really care to be honest. I lo- I'm loving that they're, they're, they're ter- like them and Aston and uh, the two alphas dropping the ball and giving Williams a sniff of coming eighth. 
or maybe even yeah eighth or seventh if if we can take over um Alfa Romeo is filling me with joy so and they having said that they, they lost Fred Vasseur as well so that's going he he sort yeah, of kept true. them together for a long time yeah he was you know a great a, sort of a great stalwart for the team and and you can't you can't imagine that they can just fill that fill that void overnight mm-hmm. um well I know that this week in Canada have given me renewed optimism moving forward. I wish um, Anth was here this week to I hear know. what he had to say because he's the the biggest, the bigger of the negative Nancys. I just, um, it's been the last two races, like the, yesterday in particular, were just so good. But looking forward, what are you looking forward to when it comes to Silverstone? Because that's like on on a tier level of tracks, that's probably second or third for me. Like it is awesome. So what are you watching out for? Silverstone and Spa are my two favorite tracks mm-hmm. on the planet. Um, so I'll watch those races regardless of, of, of if uh, sort of how competitive they were. But I do remember a couple of years ago, we had probably one of the better races of recent history at Silverstone. Oh. Um, and just looking at the, sort of the tracks that we still have to go in the second half of the year. We still have Silverstone, Hungara Ring, Spa, Xanthorpe, uh, Monza, Singapore, Suzuka, Qatar, mm. me, Coda, Mexico. Eh. Bro, um, these tracks, my God. Sao Paulo. Uh, then we have the Las Vegas round and, and Abu Dhabi to finish it off, which is also a pretty decent track. So, to say that the back half of the year isn't, an, you know, a, at least a mouth-watering mm. spectacle of tracks um, and a, a tr- a tracks that have, where I think fans have had a lot of time to build some affinity with. I mean, I, I know Anthony absolutely fo- uh, froths over Su- uh, Suzuka. Um and I think they're all, they're all, all those tracks, a lot of those tracks are very conducive to good racing. Oh. Um, but it just has something to it when you sort of, even when, when I'm on um, Fox and I see an ad and it says like, you know, the Grand, the Grand Prix of the Grand Prix of Britain or the Grand Prix of uh, Belgium. And you sort of see the outline of the track and you just go, oh yeah, I can't miss that. Oh. But we're sort of the Grand Prix of Aramco is sort of like, what is it? <laughs> Where are we again? What is this track? Um, so I th- I, this that might just be Formula One as well, putting the better tracks at the end of the year to finish it off strong. Hmm. Um, so I think that the season will be well and over by then as well. So yeah, I at least at least if we've got some decent tracks, uh, I'm I'm more than I'm more than satisfied to be honest. Yeah, I'm 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 excited for this weekend though. I, I love Silverstone. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping. Aston is strong again because I want to see Alonso up there fighting. I'm hoping Mercedes are quicker. I'm hoping Ferrari continue. Well, as you said, you know, looking for the that bottom podium step and, you know, third, fourth, fifth around there. I just want three or four teams challenging for those positions. Every well, I think even the fact that Lance has sort of picked up the pace a bit as well mm. in his Aston it's the uh, consistency with him that I worry about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's 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 very um, hot, cold. But I'm saying, at least that he's picked up a bit of his pace. Mm. Sorry, 
the battle between those three teams uh, with upgrades coming in and also the fact that those cars will probably be uh, different cars suited to different tracks. It will mm. be interesting end to the year in who can sort of snag that um, second place in the constructors, mm. uh, especially between the Mercedes and, and the Ferrari. Uh, I don't think Stroll has enough to sort of place it with those into, to help them in the constructors. Mm. But, you know, maybe even just getting in, in between there is a lot to look forward to, even though it's a runaway season again. Um, and I think if you sort of don't let that idea that, yeah, Max is absolutely dominating to be your first thought, there is a lot of enjoyment to be had uh-huh. um, throughout the rest of the race, as as long as you watch it. Because if yeah. you don't watch it, then you're just going to be like, oh, Max won again. Yeah, um, yeah, from, so, yeah. Se- from second to 20th, it's awesome racing at the moment. Yeah, like even sort of the, the people at the back end of, of the 10 trying to push in and the people at mm. the bottom end of the 10 trying to stay up. It's it's compelling stuff. So I wouldn't let that sort of dampen my spirits. No. Um, well, yep, Silverstone this week, pumped. But you wanted to talk about a few of our... Uh, SVG. Ex- Mate, I didn't watch it. Yeah. I saw that he qualified quite well. Was it P3? P3. And then wins the race in his first first race. Yeah, as if he stayed. Now, he, he's not going to be in supercars next year. No he way. Won't, no, he will be there next year because he's he signed a contract to be there next year. He will not be there after that. He pretty much said that much after the race today. Um, he said, "I've got one more year in Oz next year, and then I would love to come down here." So I think, I think he will definitely be definitely be going to NASCAR. I mean, the pay packet is pretty compelling, to be honest. Mm. Um. I thought it was. I thought it like I've been reading through the comments on on um, on Facebook and uh, just I just want to see what people have been saying. I was I was not surprised at all with the, with how he, how well he went. Um, the fact that this is the first time that NASCAR has run a street race in it, like in itself, I thought lent it to him, you know, massively. Can I ask you? Uh, to, yeah. To clear up, so I saw it was it said NASCAR. Cup, yeah. Is that just your regular NASCAR? Like I wasn't yeah, sure so if it was like a feeder series or something. No, no. So NASCAR Cup is the um is the top. There's three tiers: as uh, Cup cars, uh, Xfinity Championship, and then trucks. Right. He was in the he was in the top he was in the top uh, tier. Yep. Okay. Um, but like this has been like this has been this race has sort of been in the works at least for at least over a year. I remember hearing about it and and watching a um like a sim a sim video of like the of the track probably over a year ago when they first came up with the idea and i think it, I, th- I think it's a great idea for nascar to sort of take racing to the streets mm. to put it on display for a lot of fans who don't who don't see it um very simple layout uh probably probably look the track looked pretty shabby as well to be honest i wasn't really impressed with the spectacle of how they did, how they did up the track, but I don't think that that doesn't really mess up neither here nor there, but I, I thought he was in with a, like, I thought he was in with a fantastic chance, you know, V8 supercar drivers are street circuit specialists. So they yeah. drive on half their tracks are street circuits. They drive these things, you know, through the wet, this was a wet race as well. So it helped him even more. Um, and it is, or it has always been interest, like an interesting thing to me that there are 
drivers in NASCAR who have not, I don't know if it's any real interest in racing on like the, on the um, proper circuits, but they only, they don't, they don't do it very often. So a lot of drivers never grow up racing go-karts on circuits. They will just drive their dirt ovals. And then when it comes to um, the proper sort of circuit configurations, there are only a handful who really do well. Like when Marcus Ambrose went there, he used to win nearly every non-oval race comfortably. Um, so, so everyone's like, how good, like and it's, it's, it is fantastic, but everyone's like, can you believe it? I'm like, yeah, hundred percent. I can believe it. He started third. And at one stage they, they pitted him at the wrong time and he dropped down to 18th. He raced through the, he was making like making over a second a lap on the fastest cars. I was like, man, this, this car has got a lot of power, no downforce, sliding in the wet this is literally his favorite thing to drive <laughs> you know like it, it, there couldn't be any better conditions for someone like him to sort of show what he he um what he was capable of i was more um really happy that we've seen sort of scott mclaughlin go to indycar and really really sort of show people what he's got and his probably biggest competitor while he was here was shane oh. and shane's gone there and then one race has made, you know, an instant statement saying like, you know, like this is who I am, race supercars, I can do rally, I can race it in a stock car, you know, give me whatever and I'll find a way to make it work. Mm. Um, so like for him, like, and they were saying it after the race, I was listening to the press conference and the driver was saying like it makes a lot of the good, like there's a few good drivers, uh, two-time champion Chase Elliott was saying I was – sort of embarrassed by how good he was because it means that there's so much more work that we have to do mm. in our own cars. And I was like, you know, that's probably the right attitude for someone who's at the top end of the, of the championship to have, like you would hate for someone new to come in and make you all look so inept. It's um, still, it's still bloody amazing that he jumped in a car and just was on top of it straight away. Like you think you hear about, Formula One drivers needing half a year to get used to the car, or you hear about, you know, drivers not not being at one with their car or whatever. This guy jumps in, qualifies on P three, and then wins the race in his only I, weekend. I don't think I don't think SVG is one of those drivers who needs to feel one with the yeah. car. I think he has such a such a feel of just being like of knowing sort of the tipping point or sort of the exact sort of point of adhesion to sort of just sort of calamity and he rides that line so well um, that like in sort of the sort of treacherous conditions that they were in today, I think he was, I think he looked so calm and at the end of the race, he was so happy. I was like, you know what? Give yourself a championship this year, go for it again next year. You know, you, you, you then, you know, put yourself in, in, in the, in the sort of pantheon of the greats. Um and then go over and just make bank because they're, they're apparently going to do more of those races going forward. Mm. There's, a, there's at least, I think, six uh, circuit races now in the NASCAR calendar. Um, it probably so makes make, sense. Yeah. Like, I, I, have no, I have no question that even in the oval racing that he has the ability to mm. – a lot of that is sliding the car and – 
and instead of you know drifting and all that kind of stuff. So I I have no doubt that if we were to send any driver from here to sort of adapt to that quickly, it'd probably be like him. And then if it was a young guy, maybe like Brody Kostecki, um, like they would be the guys that are, or even Cam Waters, like with his dirt track experience. But how, like it was, it's so good seeing our drivers go and compete at oh. other sports and 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 be on the pace straight away. Okay. Even very quickly, Chaz went to the Spa 24 Hours this week as well. Uh, and his car won the, the Pro-Am, um, his car won their uh, category as well in the race. Uh, and he had never been to that track. Like the, the story of that team's weekend was insane. Like the drop, the owner of the car was driving it in practice, totaled the car, was in hospital. He bought a new car from his hospital hospital bed, got it delivered to the track. <laughs> then he um, got an Aussie, Aussie driver to jump on a plane to get to Spa to race for him, but then forgot that there was a time difference involved. So then as the guy got to, uh, got to Doha, he, t- he said, turn around and go home because you're not going to get here in time. Got a German, a, a German mate of his who owns another team to race the car for him instead. Um, they had to start from the pit lane. They, they're a lap down in the race. They race that race that lap back. And then um, they win the race. Chaz was, didn't put a foot wrong, was on the pace straight away, which is, you know, impressive for someone who's never been there before and comes away with, you know, a, a, a category win in his first spa in 24 hours. Um, probably the biggest GT race on the planet. So, you know, it was a great weekend for our ambassadors abroad. I think, um, it, I think it demonstrates how good bloody supercars is and how good the category is. I think I think supercars teaches the, uh, these drivers to drive such a like wild and mm. an untamed beast fast that when they can jump they can jump into these other cars and it just either it feels super planted and they can just and, and, and they're not you know they just feel comfortable because they're so planted they can push it um, and all, but also the 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 one thing about the fact that the grid is so small comparatively is that you do have like it is so competitive and there are a lot of great drivers in there who sort of keep each other sharp mm. because there's not many seats going um but yeah like what a great weekend for our supercars ambassadors mate it's like yeah good on Chaz. good on svg like we know how good svg is Chaz is my favorite in supercars and i think it just validates on an international stage, how actually good he is. I've always said that as a category, supercars need to uh, need to encourage their drivers to go out there more mm. and do other things to A, sort of show what the category has to other people who don't know what it has, but then also to entice other like outside talent to even maybe come up to, like whenever we have the wild cards where the international drivers come in, there's always a lot of buzz around it. But we also have to, you know, flip it and and go out to to market our sport, uh, especially if they want to do a, f- a few international events. Is I know that they're they they're talking about it. Um, so when you have our best drivers going out and doing, you know, doing things that might not be their cup of tea, mm. and then being great at it, um, yeah, we might lose them in the long run to something else. But it can't hurt the, you know, when Chaz's car is on the live feed. Um, and then, you know, mentioning him in the Supercast Championship, it, it can't hurt when there's, oh, 
couple, you know, couple tens of thousands of people listening to the to the broadcast. Yeah. Well, good on him. Good on, good on both of them. Like I'm just SVG's results spins me out. Like as I said, coming from someone who watches mostly Formula One, the idea of someone jumping in a car and winning a race for the first time they've driven it is just mind blowing to me. So. I'll tell you one thing that's hilarious though. I was reading a lot of comments and people were like, oh, you've made a NASCAR fan out of me. That was one of the best races I've ever watched. And I was like, man, you just wait till they go to another another oval and they're <laughs> running their restricted place and it's fucking like an F1 race where no one's overtaking each other for three hours. And then you'd be like, yeah, this is absolute boredom. So yeah, I think I think a lot of people were like, is this NASCAR? I'm like, no, this is a one-off special edition NASCAR. This is most of it is not like this. <laughs> yeah. Like I won't be watching NASCAR anytime soon, but yeah, just the, the idea that he was able to jump in and, and, and do what he did. Outstanding. Amazing, amazing result, especially, yeah. and especially because they, they're not one of the top, the front running teams as well. So even, yeah. even better. And can I just say Australia, New Zealand, God, we produce some quality motorsport. Well, um, I will talent. say the new, the New Zealanders are, I think we both punch above our weight. Yeah. But at the moment, I think the New Zealanders are in the ascendancy. Scotty Mack, Scott Dixon, Shane Van Gisbergen, Earl Bamba. Um, yeah. But what's his name? Nick Cassidy. Um, Liam Lawson. Liam Lawson. There's a few of them at the moment. There's, there's three of them in IndyCar as well. Yeah, but we've got the current champion in IndyCar. We've got Oscar Piastri. Danny Rick. Danny Rick, whose stocks are still quite high in the Formula 1 paddock. So Yeah, New Zealand but, hasn't got, has never got that high in, in, the, in the F1 paddock. So that's, that is true. And we had Weber before that as well. So that is true. Brabham, Jones. But got world McLaren, was, McLaren was started by a New Zealander. So <laughs> I won't bring that up. All right. Well... That's a good pod, mate. I'm pumped for Silverstone. Um, There's Townsville there... Supercars as well next week. So yep. I was going to say Supercars coming up. Yep. We've got we've got a ch- another chocker block weekend coming. Love it. And it'll just be me and you for a few weeks, mate. So um, looking forward to catching up again. Thank you very much, buddy. Thanks, mate. Thanks for listening, guys. Please continue to like subscribe um all that jazz that anthony usually says uh we really appreciate it and uh see you guys next week